What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. What's up, Gravel family? Uh, we just got a couple quick announcements. Yes. Gravel Worlds and Winter Endurance 2024 registration opens on November 18th. And we are having a live registration slash end of year party slash kind of going away party for me, even though I'll always be around. <laughs> um, that is happening on Saturday, November 18th at 8.30 a.m. And there's going to be free breakfast burritos and my favorite part... Mimosas. Mimosas. And the mimosas are from the Glacial Till Victory Champagne from Gravel World. So it's the leftover we have. Uh, So yeah, that is at CycleWorks on Saturday, November 18th. Everybody's welcome. If you can, RSVP to our event on Facebook. It helps us make sure we have enough burritos. Uh, But yeah, registration uh, for both Winter Endurance, which is February 17th, and then Garmin Gravel World's 2024, which is uh, August 23rd through the 24th. Those open on Saturday, November 18th at eight, uh, 9 a.m. Central. Uh, the party at PsychWorks starts at 8.30. So you have time to hang out and then get your phones ready to get registered. Woohoo! All right, let's go. Get signed up. All right, what's up, Gravel family? I'm Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we are back with another episode. Woo! And this one, I think this is our first episode with someone who doesn't live in the continental united states well yeah i so i think we should have started this with aloha Ooh, that's a good one yeah well technically when the, i think this podcast comes out we'll have another aloha before them we will we will so this the we're the uh what, how do we say it like the uh we're learning how the sauce is made here we don't record <laughs> these podcasts in order sometimes <laughs> so we just gotta do what we gotta do sometimes <laughs> that's right know? Uh, but we're really excited uh, for this next guest. Uh, they've they've definitely um, grown into our gravel family, and we're super excited um, to have them in, in our family and all yeah. watching all the great things that that they're doing. So uh, uh, this person got second at the Long Voyage 300 this year, uh, and coming back for the second time at Gravel Worlds. Uh, he also got first at Ned Gravel this year, and he's completed multiple 300. Uh, ride adventures so again I, we're on kind of like a, a sprint here of not sprint races of just super like all these people love riding bikes for a very long time no literally when i wrote the caption for the uh last interview with Paige, i wrote like continuing our series even though it's not really a series it's becoming one so <laughs> unintentional series all right enough banter welcome to the podcast connor o'brien right on thanks for having me my friends i'm excited to to Talk bikes and talk Maui and talk pedal. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, you just had a cool experience marrying your friends in Utah this last weekend. How was that? <laughs> oh, that was a delight. Yeah. First time officiant. Uh, that was uh, new and exciting for me. Um, a lot of prep work to make sure I got all the the address and all the, you know, all those technical details as right as we can. Um, you don't want to mess those things up when you're standing in front of 130 of your best friends, fam- friends and family. Uh, <laughs> but we did it. We nailed it. Uh, and they are officially husband and wife, which is awesome. Yeah, that was a, a good weekend. 
Very cool. How uh, were, do you think you were more nervous or they were more nervous on, on the wedding day? <laughs> um, I bet it was about equal, actually. It was for me, it was one of those things where you do all the prep work to get everything dialed in. And then, you you know, the husband, the bride and groom are doing their thing, getting ready. And I'm just standing around for hours like, all right, let's just start this thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting more and more anxious as we're moving forward. Uh, but yeah, yeah. All said and done. It was it was beautiful. Crystal clear you know, bluebird day, uh, backdropped by snow-capped peaks in Utah. Couldn't have asked for a better day. Amazing. Where was it in Utah? Uh, outside of Park City. Uh, okay. Bottom River Ranch was the name of the venue. Um, yeah. First time, I'd driven through that area before, never spent any time there. Uh, so really fun to spend a couple of days hanging out with a bunch of friends I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, yeah. Good shout. And the, the bike ride the day after looked pretty epic, too. Uh, it looked like you brought the mountain bike with you. Oh, <laughs> it was, uh, yes, it was more of a recovery ride, I would say, than anything. <laughs> uh, oh, kind I, of, you. I yeah. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was actually, that was in Moab. So I went with a friend, uh, three other friends, actually, two separate cars down to Moab for Saturday night for an extra bonus night of fun. Um, nice. And just got to our beautiful campsite, and it's actually a friend's mountain bike. And I was like, "Hey, could I just? I can't not ride a bike in this area right now. Could I just ride your your small mountain bike, which is far undersized for me, just around this little area?" And she said, "By all means." So that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I was uh, on some Jeep routes in Moab a few weeks ago, and I just couldn't stop thinking about how fun it would have been to be on a mountain bike instead of a Jeep. <laughs> I mean, the Jeep was an awesome experience, but I can't uh, imagine just exploring those places on a mountain bike. Yeah, that's about the same reaction I have also whenever I'm on ATV roads or anything in a vehicle. It's like, ah, this this is great, but it'd be more fun on a bike, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just taking it slow, dodging rattlesnakes it. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but you were our, as far as I know, if I get this wrong and there's someone first, I'm sorry, but I think you are our first hawaiian person to come or hawaiian resident uh, resident to come to gravel worlds and you you finally crossed off that that x that we had been holding (laughs) off for a long time so um uh yeah so like what what how long had you lived in maui um and in hawaii and i know that and we got a transition because you actually just moved to colorado now so Mm -hmm. um let's talk when you went to Hawaii first and then now that you, how you were like in Colorado now that you're there. Yeah, for sure. So the, the, the Hawaii, I guess, chapter of my life, uh, started, I was actually here in Boulder. I think it was three summers ago. Now, um, I spent part of every summer here. Um, and then was looking for a place in the wintertime to go ride a bike outside for, to train. Um, and was kind of slowly thinking through options over the course of the summer. My sister who was already in Maui. She had been there for about six months, um, and she gave me a phone call about mid July of 2021 or summer of yeah, summer 2021, I guess. Um, and said, Hey, I'm, I have an opportunity to move into a house. I need a roommate. Um, before I start exploring <laughs> rando options, do you want to live on Maui? <laughs> and, and I remember asking her, uh, is there cycling on Maui? I, I'm really, I, you know, that's one of like the only criteria that I'm looking for, <laughs> for like warm <laughs> weather and riding. Um, she's like, well, I see people on bikes all the time, so I think so. And so I did one quick Google search for cycling on Maui, and I saw that there is a 10,000-foot climb, the longest paved climb in the world, a Haleakala. And that was it. And I was like, yeah, that's that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's that's the only me. ride I do every day. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was July when we had that conversation. And then by the beginning of October 21, um, I had moved in with her on Maui, a little town in Paia. Um, spent that, I guess, fall, winter, spring there, uh, and then spent the summer, again, bopping around the mainland. Uh, Gravel World was a piece of that. That summer is the 150-mile course. Um, went back to Maui for a second fall, winter, spring, um, and then bopped around this summer chasing bike races and events, um, and then made the decision uh, in, in the effort of minimizing the amount of times I was uplifting and moving my life all around. I was already in Boulder. Um, there was op opportunities here that I was excited about. And it was like, maybe I'll just stay here for, <laughs> for the next little <laughs> while and see where life goes. Um, and so that's kind of the, the brief summary of the past three years of my life. So did you so cool. did you leave your sister hanging in Maui or does she have a roommate? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, definitely didn't leave her hanging. Over the first winter I was there, she met a boy and fell deeply in love. Uh, the two are now engaged. They are still uh, in Maui. They have moved to the other side of the island to Kihei. Um, they are there now and they actually have plans of moving off island uh, at some point in the late winter back to Maine, uh, which is home for, for, for us, for the O'Brien family. Um, and they'll, cool. they'll kind of reevaluate from there and find a place on the East coast. Uh, that so is the O'Brien chapter is slowly, I know I keep saying, if you're going to move from Maui to Maine, wait till the spring or the summer, yeah. right. <laughs> don't do it Not in the winter the time. <laughs> right. Brutal. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that decision to them. I have made my, uh, yeah, I've communicated my advice, but you know. But yeah, definitely didn't leave her hanging. She's totally fine. <laughs> in a you're working place, in a actually. you're working in a bike shop in Boulder now, right? Is that that's your correct? Yeah, day job. You got it. Yeah, uh, full cycle Colorado uh, and multi sport. I'm actually sitting in the parking lot in my truck right now <laughs> on a little break from work <laughs> to come out here and chat with you two, which is awesome. Uh, this is my third week here, so still pretty darn fresh. Uh, so yeah, helping out on the sales floor, doing things, and going to be working my way into some of the marketing stuff uh, to help build some community around the shop. Because ultimately, that's that's one of my passions is trying to bring people into the cycling space as best I can. How cool! Well, what's mm -hmm. so what's better, leaving the climbs out of Boulder or leaving uh, Paleocala out of Paella? <laughs> that's a good question. They are both spectacular, but in in different ways, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, the Paia. I mean, Haleakala. Just just knowing to be able to see the top of where you're trying to go to for so long, and knowing that it's so far away, and knowing that you could have a full day ride and not even make it to the top and be totally satisfied is spectacular. Um, it's unique in that sense. Um, but the it's a little bit busier also in terms of traffic because it is it is a paved, very well traveled road. Um, versus the Boulder area here, which are all the the quiet little nooks and crannies and the the side you know roads up the canyons and stuff. Also beautiful, but just different. Not That's one awesome. more than the other. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, so let's talk about your experience at Gravel Worlds. Um, yeah. What was the biggest difference between the 150 and your 300 experience? <laughs> just besides the length. <laughs> That was my go-to, but you took that answer from me. All right. um, oh, gosh. Uh, well, going into it that first year, so two summers ago for me now, into the 150, um, I was still pretty set on thinking that I wanted to, to race very competitively at the, you know, the, the, the top level 
the 100, 150 mile races that everyone is hammering uh, all the time. And I quickly realized in that race specifically, oh, wow, there's a few tiers of, of folks ahead of me here <laughs> uh, who are very fast at this. Uh, that was also a, a big learning experience for me in terms of nutrition, where I made the uh, catastrophic mistake of changing some of the nutrition that I use for race day. And I went with a very high carb uh, hydration mix for the first time, which I hadn't trained with. Um, and experienced some significant stomach issues at a, like yeah. starting at mile 40, uh, which made the rest of the day very hard. Um, mm-hmm. So there was yeah less less knowledge in the first one, and then over the course of the year between that the first one and the, and the 300, um, worked to refine the types of events and races I like doing, uh, and have settled on the ultra long distance stuff as something that I love because there's a big sense of adventure to that also. Um, yeah, a sense of more, I think more competition against yourself. It's more of a, can I do this type of thing, which I love. Um, and yeah, so it felt far more dialed in terms of a, like a race plan and strategy nutritionally and otherwise. Um, so yeah, from a, a confidence standpoint, went into the 300 actually more confident than I did the 150 a year prior. Yeah. So I guess those are the differences in, in summary for me. <laughs> well, I mean, you still, like you talk about tiers above you, you still got second this year at the long voyage. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not many tiers above that, uh, other than one. So, right. uh, how did that, uh, and I think if I remember right, you second and third, you two were really close together for like the yeah. last 50 to hundred miles. And then you kind of popped them on a last climb or something like that. So, uh, walk through the long voyage 300 this year. Um, yeah. it's a long 300 miles and a lot to go over, but how, it how was it? Um, Oh, it was unbelievable. It was, uh, so, I mean, it started with a you know bigger group and the way th- these things go, the group just gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you ride into the night. Um, by the time we hit the first gas station, it was, there's nine of us, I think. Um, it was my, uh, my first ultra distance competitive event. And I thought I had a plan for the gas station to be efficient. Turns out I was, I was wrong about that. And I was the first <laughs> one in the gas station, but I was the last one out and didn't get rolling till oh, what no. felt like five minutes after everybody else. <laughs> Um, so lesson learned the hard way on that one. And at that point it was like, and then I was solo and it was like, Oh God, this is this like tactical mistake. I don't want to be the reason why I, I fall off the front group and then ride these next 220 miles by myself. Um, so pushed it pretty good for whatever it was, you know, what felt like 45 minutes to an hour or so to catch back up to the front group. And what was kind of neat is that was at night. It was dark at that point. And so the, all through the rolling hills, you can see the lights and the taillights like yeah, as you're cresting hills. And to be able to know, I found a pace where every time I crested, it was like, oh, I can tell I'm getting a little bit closer. I'm getting a little bit closer, which was confidence inspiring. And it's like, all right, I don't need to hammer it. I can just, you know, settle in where I am right now. And eventually I will catch them, which I did. Um, and then for most of the night, the next hundred miles or so, there was just four of us. Um, and honestly, at that point, the pace settled a little bit and it felt more like an adventure ride with three new friends than it did a race. Um, and we toggled between, uh, pace line riding when, when the opportunity presented itself, it was more efficient that way versus just riding as a group and chatting, uh, which was awesome, uh, and pretty goofy who, to be in the middle the, of. Who were the three you were with? Cause was Gino already off the front at that point? No, no, we were all together still. So it was Gino, was um, yeah, Matt Stevens. And then oh, I forget the fellow's name who was ultimately third, maybe another Matt. I can't remember. And I, I don't remember because I, I never knew his name the entire race until we were hanging out post-race. And that's when I finally <laughs> had his name. <laughs> that's kind of on me. 
Um, yeah, it was the four of us together. Um, and then we hit things change when we hit the first uh, muddy stretch, which was mile two, gosh, 220 or so, still nighttime, well, early morning, I guess, but still dark. Um, and we were slogging our bikes and trying to ride through some of the grass. And I got caught off the bat because I, yeah, mud just clumped up too much to the point where I couldn't pedal. And those guys kind of gasped me a little bit and I got kind of nervous. Um, and then it was a, it was a descent to end the MMR. Um, and I remember watching at the intersection, I knew that MMRs are about a mile long. When you hit the next cross section, you're usually back on a normal gravel road. I watched my three, uh, friends instead of getting back on the main road and then riding up, they were still pushing their bikes through the grass. And I was like, I think, I think I can ride this. Uh, and so I just sent it down the hill and then carrying all of my momentum went straight up the next little stretch and dropped all three guys really fast. Uh, I wasn't planning to make a move, but it just kind of happened that way. And then I looked back and it was like, oh, wow, if there's ever an opportunity to try and create a gap, it's right now. Um, yeah, so that was maybe 14 hours in or so. Uh, so I hammered it for a while and was like, well, you know, here goes nothing. We're at that point, like 80 miles out. And I have no idea if I can hold this, but I'm going to try. <laughs> uh was off the front by myself for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and i could feel a light approaching every time i looked back a little bit and i thought it was all three of them uh when the person actually arrived it was just gino uh and he was huffing and puffing and i remember him saying hey we've got a huge gap on the other two guys if if we can hold this i think we can stick this out to the finish um, so I gave him a few minutes to recover. I was shocked at how quickly he was able to get himself back to, to keep rolling. Um, Gina was a very strong rider. He's very, uh, just I, like a little rubber band. Oh my God. It was unbelievable to watch. Yeah. And then, and then we hit not another MMR, but a chunk of road that was pretty darn soft. Um, and he had the legs to push through that. And I was, was pretty, I was struggling at that point. And then Gina saw his opportunity uh, to create more of a gap. And then just like I was chasing the others for a while and seeing lights on the horizon, um, I watched Gino's light get farther and farther away. <laughs> and he, he took he, off. Yeah, He took off. I think he ended up, man. So what, at what point were you, did you leave Gino? Or like, that did you was probably 70-ish miles from the finish. Okay, so um, yeah, still quite a he bit. He put left. an hour into us. Yeah, he, he, I was, that's what I was going to say. He 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 beat you by like fifty-eight minutes, which is ridiculous. Absurd. If he was that. Yeah, yeah, he was a strong rider. I think a piece of it also, uh, just the way uh, his bike was set up compared to to mine. Anyway, he was. It was easier for him to carry a bike than it was for me. I had a frame bag that prevented me mm -hmm. getting into the triangle to carry it. Um, and looking at the the metrics afterwards, the second big MMR stretch that I went through solo. It took me 42 minutes to go a mile. And I th think Gino got through there Brutal. faster than I did. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, gnarly. But Not to add even more insult to injury, but he was yeah. also updating his uh, TikTok oh, and Instagram oh, people God. the whole time. <laughs> Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah. I was I, yeah. like, that was one way I was like keeping track of the long voyage. Yep. Is, like, I, it was just his Instagram updates. <laughs> <laughs> and like his, I mean, he's got so many followers because of all of his antics he does. And like, mm -hmm. we were getting tagged by his fans of like, oh, where really? Gino was at. And I was like, oh, all right, all right, we know how the long voyage is going. So <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was pretty oh, awesome. That's so. fun. I didn't realize that you guys were, were yeah following that element of it in real time also. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was impressive. <laughs> 
kudos to Gino. Yeah, yeah there well was like done. a couple times he like did a video. I think there was one where it was still the four of you all together, and he like it was mm-hmm. at night, and like his his phone is so like sweaty and greasy, like you can't <laughs> hardly see anything, but you could like kind of see uh-huh. three other blinking lights. And I was like, oh, Gino. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had my phone in my pocket in a plastic bag, and I just never. Cause I, I have done that in the past because it is kind of fun to document it as you go. And I know people get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Gino doing it and I was like, I, I'll let him take care of all this for all of us. He can tell <laughs> the story. The I'm just going to try and hold on. <laughs> I know yeah. it's such a small part of your race, but it made me think when you were talking about going into that gas station, I just want to see the picture of like the uh, gas station employees just like being so overwhelmed with all of these people just <laughs> bombarding them all at once, needing everything. Like I think gas station employees need to go through some training for bike races because it happens often enough. So yeah. I, I stop at every single gas station on course and like tell them like, it's going to be crazy. Like you might want to have an extra person. Like they never really listen. And then I always call like the Monday before just like, Hey, just a reminder or maybe like this year i think it was the wednesday before when i remembered so i call the gas stations being like heads up friday night it's gonna be crazy uh and then like i remember one of the i think it was in glenwood um i don't know if you stopped there the first the first gas station in iowa uh well i guess second there was one kind of off course like a loves gas station and there's Mm -hmm. one actually in town uh but when i called that one the lady was like yeah there's been people like in here practicing what they're gonna buy and I was like, I was like, what? Are you serious? And she was like, yeah, they're doing like drills of running in and like grabbing what they need and then put they put it all back. Like they're really nice, but they like practice like buying stuff and like putting it wow. back. So I was like, that is a pro move right there for the long distance stuff is like they <laughs> they drove the course to the gas stations and like practiced what they were going to buy and knew where. Like, oh, the Snickers are over here. The water's here. It's like, that's that's a pro move. And especially for those, like, really, really small town gas stations. <laughs> that's so, like, weird. It's mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the craziest piece. Is you remembering it's happening at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning sometimes. <laughs> Absurd. Yeah, they're probably just like scrolling TikTok and they're like, what is happening? These <laughs> people yeah. on bikes are just trying to come and uh... steal our store. Oh gosh, yeah, and I mean for for the first few of them also, we were relatively like you know with it and coherent looking and not covered in dust and mud. But by, by by some of the the later ones, after some of the MMR stretches that were mud, we looked like a wreck. <laughs> you know, I don't we're know. Tracking you mud guys, in there too. I we had a photographer at like mile thirty, and you guys were mm-hmm. already caked in dust. We were dusty. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Yeah, that first night, that's fair point. like that was the first night was before the rain, and it was like 105 all week. So mm-hmm. like it was so dusty, like you just like looked at a gravel road, and your bike was covered in <laughs> dust. So yeah, it was it's it's an obnoxious looking thing for anybody outside of <laughs> the gravel yes, scene. Yes, for agreed. Sure. Agreed. <laughs> um, oh, so then, but at one point, third place caught up with you then too, right? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. 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 So we kind of leapfrogged for the last uh, 50 miles or so. Um, and after, so I mentioned the, the mile stretch that took me 42 minutes to traverse the muddy bit. Um, by the end of that, uh, he had caught up. And so I was cleaning my bike out. It was probably another five or 10 minutes of just standing there with my paint stick before I could even ride again. Um, and that's when he caught back up. Uh, and then he actually, yeah, he was ahead of me for a while at that point. And in my head, I was like, all right, 
your, your body's pretty depleted and you're like, just finishing at this pace is going to feel good. Third will, will feel great. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, and then in the next MMR stretch, I saw a guy struggling up way, you know, a couple hundred yards up in front of me. Um, thinking, I thought at that point we had overlapped with the, the other courses. So maybe it was somebody else. Um, and I finally caught back up with him, but it was, it was the second place guy again. And I was like, oh, wow, here we are. <laughs> now I have a chance to add second again. Um, and that happened a couple more times over those next few miles. And then actually the, I thought I was clear of him until the last little connecting bit before you get back into town. Um, that was also pretty muddy. And I tried to pedal through it, couldn't do it. So I hopped off the bike and started pushing for that last bit, which was a killer, like, you know, a mile and a half from the finish <laughs> to be that close. Yeah. And um, you're literally almost done with yeah. gravel. Oh my it's, gosh. Yeah. It was a little mean of... this year. That was, that was mean. <laughs> yes. Like, Hey, you're literally done uh, with your last hill, but Oh, here's more mud. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a, a kick in the butt a little bit, but um, that's where he caught me again. And I, I remember hearing his voice oh behind me and I turned and I was like, I did not go 298 and a half miles to then get caught in the last mile and a half. Oh um, my gosh. And so, yeah, at that point it was like, all right, everything that I have, the second I can get my, my feet back on the pedals here, I'm just going to go full gas. Cause I knew it was pavement at that point all the way to the end. And I just never looked back and I was like, you know, we were friendly about the whole race, but I was like, I'm not going to get less than second at this point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then came into the finish pretty darn broken, but but yeah, that was that was the it end was of it. Aw- it was <laughs> awesome seeing you at the finish. Was. That was that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, is that that's actually the second year in a row that second and third yeah were very close on the long voyage because oh last year, that's true Matt, Matt Stevens, Stevens yeah was, like was a sprint like literally a sprint like. When we saw them, I remember. Do you remember last year? Yeah. We thought it was the the seventy five coming in because they were like <laughs> bombing down that hill, and we're, like we're like, what's going on? Like, grab the champagne, go go go! And then like we see their their color of tag, and we're like, long vo- like long voyage. What? They're <laughs> what? sprinting. They're sprinting, and like yeah, it's like after Nuts. three. That year was three hundred. Last year was three hundred six. After three hundred six mm-hmm. miles, they're sprinting for the finish. It's like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. But now that it can, can come, come down, down to, to that close. seconds. <laughs> I know. After 19 and a half hours of being out there, it's nuts. <laughs> and I, I'm not surprised that Joshua finished as well as he did because he's from this area. So he knows these roads like the back yeah. of his hand. This is where he trains. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, yeah. yeah. I remember talking about he's that. A with him, he's yeah, he's yeah. got, he, Joshua's got a big future. Like, cause he I does. think, is this his yeah, first new year to the game. really racing? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's his first year yeah. racing. And, dude, he rides so much like like he's pushing (laughs) rob finnegan it's like 500 miles a week or something yeah like it's crazy how many miles he's putting in he's doing a lot i remember talking to him about that actually over the course of the night and one thing that was interesting was uh because he mentioned he was newer to to riding generally and so there were there were a couple of bits where uh there were a couple like small wrong turns that we made and and the three of us would like hop the curb on our bikes and keep riding and josh would have to turn around and go back and follow around and he's like my technical skills just aren't totally there yet um so yeah to to finish as strong as he did and i remember one specific pull that he took um that we all talked about afterwards um i couldn't tell you where the heck we were but it was a very long flat stretch um, and he's like, guys, I got this. And we were like, okay, great. He's going to take a turn. And for probably five straight miles, <laughs> he was just pulling us along. And, you know, I'm, I'm pushing a very minimal amount of effort and still we're doing like 20 miles an hour. And I was like, he can hang on the front as long as he wants. We are along <laughs> for this ride. 
at that point, we the, re- the other three of us we talked about afterwards. We we're like, oh wow, this this guy Josh can ride. All right, good to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I mean, the the cool thing that I've seen with uh with him this year is his mental growth, like his mental strength growth. Because yeah, I, sure. I mean, that's uh kind of what fell apart at for him at uh at the XL Unbound XL. What was the other mm-hmm. one? Uh, I can't remember, but. Just like mechanical got in his head or whatever. And to see him, all the things that like went wrong with the weather and it was just a brutal course and to just to stay mentally strong was really cool to see for him. So I'm, I'm really excited to have another powerhouse out of Lincoln, just ready to (laughs) take, take some podiums. So he's, I think he's got a really good future if he keeps crushing it. So, oh, for sure. He just won just in the past, maybe it was this past weekend, another kind of XL event. I don't know what it was called, but I, you know, following him on social media, I saw that he took the the top step there. So yeah, kudos to him. He's still doing it. Yeah. So take a flight back to Hawaii. Um, last year you had a super epic adventure. Um, what I, I'm calling the ultimate Maui pretzel. I don't know what you called it, but that's, <laughs> that I th- feel like taking some uh-huh. Swift language to, to real life. But um, you raised $31,000 for the Dream Amua uh, program last year doing this ultimate Maui pretzel. Like, what yeah. was it? what got you motivated to do something that's only been done a couple times <laughs> on Maui? Um, and, and yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. And so the, the whole, I, well, I guess from the very beginning in the back of my head for, for a few years now, uh, I've always, I've, I love the idea of be, of trying to build community and like doing a fundraiser of some sort. I just haven't had, there hasn't been an opportunity that made sense to kind of push that forward. And honestly, I was pretty apprehensive about kind of putting myself out there in that way. Um, and then heading back to Maui for a second winter, this past winter, one of my kind of off season cycling goals was to ride the entire Island, uh, and to, so I guess to back up, there are three main routes that, that cyclists will know on Maui. There's the West Maui loop, uh, that goes around the West Maui mountains. There's the East Maui loop that goes around Haleakala volcano. And then there is the climb as we talked about earlier, the 10,000 foot 36 mile climb to the top of Haleakala. Um, and looking at the metrics of how, uh, you know, the, the mileage and elevation of combining all three of those, I knew it was possible. Um, and so I had this dream of, of putting something together uh, really just kind of selfishly because I was like, I wonder if, if someone can do this. I would like to give this a go. Um, so that's how the idea started. And then um, in this past winter, in December, when I more or less when I first got to Maui for my second winter, I participated in Pedal Amua, which is a 60-mile ride around the West Maya Mountains put on by Discover Amua. Um, all that money goes to their Dream Amua program, where I ultimately uh, fundraised for. My ride took place in February. But in meeting that organization and those people, I just remember feeling their energy and feeling how committed that they were to their cause, but then also to each other and how much effort they had put on uh, to bring the Maui cycling community together. And as I then started to plan my own giant route around Maui, um, I remember talking to some friends and then to my mom about it. She's been a big driver of this fundraising thing. She's wanted to see me do it for a while. And I thought, you know what? This is early January, maybe. And I was like, I'll just send an email to to Marnie. She was my point of contact there and just see like what their response is to something like this. Um, and so I put it out there and was like, I'm going to ride around <laughs> The entire island um, and would like to fundraise for you guys what do you think of that idea and the response i got was so excited and warm and energetic it was like that 
is nuts, first of all. But yes, we are all in on that. Why don't you come <laughs> meet with all of us and we'll sit down and we'll talk this through and, and we'll do whatever we can to support you. Um, and so at that point, it was like, oh, wow, this is this is a real opportunity. This could be something really quite fun. Um, so I went to meet with them. And then uh, so in talking to, you know, Dean, the the director there was was a part of that meeting as well. And we all sat down and they couldn't believe what I was trying to do. But they also, I remember them saying, like, on the day of the event, you tell us where we need to be to support you um, from, like, a logistics and, like, you know, fueling kind of perspective. Um, and we will be there. We will take care of all that stuff so you don't have to worry about it. And then, like, whatever fundraising you want to do and, and promote out there, like, we will just echo that and reinforce it. Um, and then, yeah, and then it kind of snowballed from there. I'd never done any sort of fundraising before, but saw it as an opportunity to kind of try uh, so put myself out there making a whole bunch of videos and things and just trying to get people riled up about it. Um, and it was, it was, it went way better than I thought from, from the starting of the idea to the ride was only about five weeks. Um, and over that time we hit $6,000. My initial goal was 2,500. So that was blown out of the water, which was awesome. Um, and then post ride um, at the annual fundraising dinner that uh, Discover Mua has, uh, they very kindly had me up to share the story. And there were five donors who very kindly matched my what was ultimately what? my final donation goal, which was five thousand. We had surpassed it, but they matched the five thousand dollars each of them. So that was another twenty five thousand that came in in, in seconds while I was standing up on stage. And it was like, holy moly, this is really turned into something way bigger than i thought it was ever going to when was um, the, when yeah. was the the banquet when was that, uh, was that... i want to like two weeks after my ride which was february 26 so early march mid-march somewhere early march. in there wow that's yeah. crazy that's really yeah, it was... congratulations dude that's that's <laughs> hey, so wild that's so wild um yeah, and if you go uh back a couple episodes here on the podcast we actually had uh, Marnie and Dean from the uh, Discover Amua family on the podcast. So, um, but yeah, so kind of going a little bit further because we've we've announced a couple things um, working with uh, the pedal uh, pedal Amua program this year, which is going to be on December second. And Connor and I are both ambassadors for that again this year. So we're, you are invited. Go back and listen to that podcast because we go into a lot of detail of the event. And also just like how to be a good tourist, all that type of stuff, which you need to know before you go to Maui, especially right now. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, let's dive in a little bit again about the the pedal Amua. So you you've done it. Uh, you've yep. obviously ridden the West Maui Loop several times. Uh, what is yeah. that event like? How does that like? Wh and it obviously all that money goes to a really good cause. So um, yeah, what, what is the pedal Amua uh, event like? Yeah, so it is. It's the West Maui Loop, so it's about a uh, sixty mile, maybe four thousand vert, all paved um, ride around the West Maui Mountains. Um, and and as having worked at a bike shop over there, a lot of folks came in to rent bikes, and I would advise them on where to go. A lot of people finish the West Maui Loop and say it is the singular most dramatically beautiful ride they've ever done in their lives. Um, yeah, and and actually the shop owners would always say you should recommend that, and then say it's it's like going to see God, is <laughs> how yeah. they described it. And I would second that actually. It's uh it's phenomenal uh, first and foremost. So a beautiful ride. I uh, can't go wrong there. Um, and then, yeah, it's the, uh, Discover Mua, they put on two different fundraising events every year. One is Pedalamua, which is cycling focus. And then one is Pedalamua, where they do uh, a paddling event. Not sure what time of year that happens. That's not one I've done. 
Um, but yeah, it's an awesome opportunity for the, the, it's a small cycling community on Maui, but it is a, a pretty close knit cycling community, um, because it's small and also because it's an island in the middle of the ocean. Um, but to see those people come together, all the bike shops are involved to varying degrees. Um, there's only a handful of them on the island. Um, so to see, it's really the singular event of, on the calendar in Maui for the entire cycling community to come together. Um, yeah, it takes the start and end of the, their beautiful Discovery Garden um, right outside of Kahului, um, which is a, a just a beautiful property. Um, there's a huge kind of fun picnic style community get together afterwards. Um, but it sounds like, uh, from talking to Marty and Dean will be hopefully bigger this year and, and inviting not just the cycling, uh, the folks who, you know, have done the ride and their families, but the wider community to come be a part of that experience. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely more of a ride than it is a race. Uh, I will say that there's a handful of folks who enjoy pushing it a little bit. I was one of them last year, uh, for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, gosh, I mean, if you're going to go ride a bike on Maui, uh, the West Maui Loop should be darn near the top of the list. And if you can time it with an event where there's going to be dozens of others doing the same thing, Pedal Moo is the ride for you. That is awesome. And then the money you raised um, and from yes. the Pedal Amua goes to the Dream mm -hmm. Amua program. What is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, so they have Discover Amua, the Amua Family Services team, generally, they are working to support children in crisis. Um, and the Dream Amua program specifically, um, the money that is donated there goes to support individual kids and kind of fulfill dreams of theirs. Um, so, you know, it's, it's the entire spectrum of, of children in crisis. If that's a, a familial thing, if it's a health thing, um, whatever the circumstance is, uh, students or kids are recommended to the Amua family team. Um, and then the, the Dream Amua, you know, fundraising campaign, money from there is drawn to then push forward and, and support and fulfill whatever that kid's dream is. Um, so if you're on their website, you can poke around and find the stories of, of a handful of kids for, for whom that had, uh, you know, that has benefited from this program. Um, and that's, uh, yeah, that's where all the Pedal Amua money goes to. Um, and then all the money that I, I raised in my own fundraising campaign last February, I went to that same, that same channel, which is awesome. They do a great job. That's incredible. Um, yeah. well, great job on the epic adventure that you did and just completing it, but also, um, doing it in a great cause, but another great cause that I'm doing and I'm following in your footsteps. It's not nearly as epic, but I am not as epic as you. I am doing the Haleakala climb for good. Uh, so I'm kind of doing similar to what you did of um, mm -hmm. trying to raise as much money as possible um, to just climb Haleakala. So I just did the last little bit of the huge <laughs> adventure you did. It's still uh, a lot. It's still a lot. Don't say yourself it's short. Still it's still an epic hard. adventure. Uh, I was actually looking up uh, today to kind of like prove like, I'm not I'm not a second place long voyage person and not even close. Uh, so I, I attempted Haleakala last year. I finished, which was awesome. Uh, but I looked on Strava and out of 3,999 people, so almost 4,000 people that had done, 93% of people had finished faster than me. <laughs> but I finished. I finished. You though. did it. I did it. So yeah, uh, yeah. I always That's tell people. That's not to say. I, you know, yeah. uh, there's so many who don't even finish it, Jason. So I, whenever I would yeah. advise people who come into the bike shop to rent bikes to do it, I'm like, it's a, it's a completion based activity. If you can do it, you've won. So I say, yeah. I think yeah. you've won. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I always say that with, we always say that with gravel worlds. It's like, right. if, right. if you don't get the finish time that you wanted, blah, 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 
don't beat yourself up. You did it. Like, right. like mm-hmm. that's the battle. Like, and you started. Like, that's the other thing. It's yeah. like you you went out there and started it. And so, um, yeah, my goal for this year is not to get food poisoning the day before, like I did last <laughs> time. So, so yeah, that was that. Excellent. I was that like, was an interesting experience. I was like cramping at already at like six thousand feet, real bad. So it was. I think <laughs> I think the last like fifteen hundred feet up of elevation. I was stopping every hundred feet of elevation. Like I wasn't Oof. like, I'll just go a mile. I was just like, I'll, I'll just go a hundred feet and stop and rest. hundred <laughs> feet. To that next stop and rest. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Just, Oh man. And then, yeah. So if super epic adventure, but hopefully you'll still be on mm-hmm. Island and we can maybe do that together. So that would be, yes. be awesome to have a pro there to uh, show me how it's done. <laughs> I might need a, I don't know, a tow rope or something to put to your seat post to help me up the top. Oh, we'll make it work. We'll get you the top to the top one way or another, Jason. Don't you worry. That's it right. will happen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put a link in this, uh, the description of this podcast. And if you would like to support uh, my Haleakala Climb for Good, uh, just click on that. Every $50 you donate, you have a chance to win the bike that I'm going to be riding. So uh, oh, super cool. Thank you so much to Lau cool. for putting that out there. Um, super epic, uh, support by Lauf, um, to be, uh, raffling off. I'm pretty sure that it's actually going to be the first, uh, road bike that they've raffled off. So that bike just came out. And so, yeah, go ahead and sign up and you have a chance to win the first, uh, Lauf Utla that, uh, is out on the market now. So Mm -hmm. if you want a road bike that can also do some gravel, um, there you have an option there. So really excited for that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your awesome sponsors that you've had over the years. Who are some of those that have helped you along your journey? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been very lucky to to start partnering with a few different brands out there to to help drive some of this cycling and community building stuff that I love to do forward. Um, I started as, as an ambassador for Athletic Brewing Company. Um, yeah, as, as I started to get into the cycling world, I was introduced to non-alcoholic beer um as a way to continue to train and not feel uh you know poorly after a, a beer or two every evening and then pivoting to athletic it was like oh this is pretty darn delicious um so that's been one of them which has been awesome to work with uh over the past i guess couple of years now um yeah thrilled to be racing on and riding on pan racer tires as well that was new for me this year um yeah the gravel kings were really the first gravel tires I ever purchased uh, and introduced me to the world of off-road riding and fell deeply in love with those and feel very fortunate to have been connected uh, with with the team over there uh, to be able to continue to to ride those. Also, they have great road tires, as I learned this past year. Most yep. of the riding on Maui is all pavement, so I asked for a, a pair of their Agilus road tires. Um, and I actually was... ride their slick 32 mil gravel kings on maui oh oh so they're a little yes. bit wider but then yeah. you can still set them up tubeless and they're a little bit stronger so you're not gonna if you hit glass or something it's not gonna blast it's tire. not the end of the ride <laughs> yeah yeah. Cool. yeah great tires overall so that's that's been a fun one for me for sure and then this year i was racing on the flow formulas off-road team um which is also a first for me um yeah the you know there's a, a huge market of hydration mixes out there um and to finally land on one that uh, first treated my stomach wonderfully uh, was huge. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then to, to get to know those guys over there a little bit um, and to feel the support from the flow team has been great. 
Um, and then uh, lastly is the feed. I think everybody knows of the feed at this point. Their marketing campaigns are uh, universal and wonderful and fun to see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, honestly, I'm excited also to be you know just a few minutes from their headquarters here in Broomfield, uh, just outside of Boulder at this point. But they have been a uh, helpful in driving this all forward from a nutrition, nutritional and hydration standpoint for me on the bike. So excited to be to be working with them for sure. Yeah, there there is so much like athletic and biking companies around Boulder. It is oh insane. I I, I went there. I went. Was that January of this year? Yeah. I went went for a little bit. I had like a ski trip uh, with some buddies, so it was going to be nice weather. So I brought my bike. It was kind of weird mm -hmm. to do a gravel bike trip to a ski trip. True. <laughs> and not and only like an hour drive away. That was super weird. Uh but yeah, I went up there and just met with as many biking people as I could out there mm -hmm. and it was like I left thinking I was like I have more people I need to meet than what I just met over the 3 days. <laughs> so it was like there's so yeah. much awesome stuff in Boulder. Um so yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to live here and that was actually, as I mentioned thinking about uh you know, I was in Boulder for the summer and then decided to stay. As I was evaluating other places to go and other opportunities, my criteria were riding bikes for the wintertime. Uh, I wanted a community of cyclists and, you know, ways to engage that way. Uh, and the more I got to know people here, I was like, wait a second, all the things I'm looking for are here, like, to the nth degree. Why am I trying to go anywhere else? <laughs> so, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, it's all staring me in the face. Maybe I'll just stay. <laughs> well, we I won't take it personally that you didn't look at Lincoln, but that's fine. That's cool. That's cool. It's growing. The cycling community is still growing there, Jason, you know? It takes time. <laughs> and, mount and mountains. Like, I get it. Yes. I get it. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a big piece of it over here, too. <laughs> Hills are bigger. <laughs> The other thing we wanted to talk about is you actually do some graphic design work too, right? I, I'm just learning about this, uh, that you, you're talented in too many ways. So I'm officially jealous. So, uh, yeah. What do you, what's it. your graphic design work? How do people get connected with you on the graphic design side? Yeah. Yeah. So that's been something that I've, I've done for, for years and years and years. Um, but then only really since COVID happened and, and everybody had a lot of time that I kind of put more time and energy into building that out for myself. So um, as I've kind of bounced around these past three years, that has been actually the one consistent like income stream for me. Um, it's not enough to live on. It's a small business for me for sure, but it's uh, it's been fun as a creative outlet. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of graphic illustrations primarily. So, you know, someone has a beautiful picture of, uh, you know, a, a scene from a vacation or a portrait that they want done and I'll recreate it in a graphically kind of cool, interesting way. Um, Designs by Connor is the the website, designsbyconnor.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram, designs.by.connor. You can find me that way. <laughs> um, or that's also linked through my Connor O'Brien profile, so you can find me there. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. so usually the holiday season gets a little bit busier for me as people want things done for gifts and whatnot. Um, but then also I've done a fair bit of... Um, kind of brochure designs or social media designs, like those kind of collage things for folks. Um, yeah, it's been a fun uh, little side hustling creative outlet for me, uh, but it's also, as I've been bouncing around, it's a nice way to, to work for myself remotely. Yeah, so that's what that whole world is about. Oh, that's, that's super so cool. That's super yeah, cool. Kind of fun. Uh, so designs by Connor. And then what's your, what's your main Instagram for people to follow? Uh, it's just my name, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, period, O-B-R-I-A-N. And I spell it out because Connor and O'Brien can be spelled many different ways. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a million. 
Yeah, just one N in Connor and then A-N in O'Brien. I'm not an E-N guy, <laughs> to be clear. I love it. Perfect. Uh, and yep. we'll tag all that in the description of the podcast as well. That way you can oh, easily right find him. <laughs> Much appreciated. Yeah. You bet. So um, thanks again for being on the podcast. We do have one question before we uh, before we go, but I always mm-hmm. try to do something nice and meaningful. Uh, but I actually wanted to send you a text that I sent Jeff Zell with Panaracer uh on august 29th right after two days after gravel world so uh-huh. um i said uh thanks again for everything that's the pan racer side but i also <laughs> wanted to send you more of a thank you about who you sponsor thank you so much for sponsoring good humans through pan racer uh good humans who happen to be fast uh I- isabel king and connor are both top tier humans and i was thankful to have them both at gravel world's I don't think that that gets recognized enough. You do it the right way at Pan Racer. So I I want to. I always think it's important to like share the things that are being said about you. You are a very very good human. Uh, it's awesome. Like the heart that you have, and yeah, you're good at a bike, but you're you're constantly thinking of like how can I make the world a little bit better through the through the bike. So thank you so much for and who very you are. Kind of you. Yeah, I uh, one of my favorite rides of last year was the little ride we did in Maui, and you you took me on a gravel road, and you're like I'm the only with- gravel road, <laughs> the only gravel road on Maui, and it uh, uh-huh. it was like rain, it was starting to rain, so you and I got yep. like covered in mud and stuff, so it was it was absolutely perfect. Uh, it's one of my favorite memories of a ride last year. So oh man, um, thank you for your friendship, and thank you for being who you are. But before we go, uh, Sophia always has one last question. Yes. So uh, Connor, what does the gravel family mean to you? Oh, ah, that's a great question. Uh, the gravel family to me is, well, I think it's first and foremost made up of the people who are passionate about getting out on bikes. Um, and when I think of the gravel family, it's, it's less of, it's certainly like not the competitive element of it at all. It's the, it's the, the push to pull people, the push to pull, interesting, the pull of people to an outdoor space where they can push themselves individually, but feel the support from everybody around them. And to know that they have that support is what continues to drive, I think, each individual forward. Um, yeah. And it's as I've done a whole bunch of races and events and things, uh, I feel most rewarded regardless of results uh, at the events where the organizers are, uh, you can feel their investment and their energy in the people that they have brought to that space. And I think that defines the the Gravel family. You guys do a phenomenal job of it at Gravel Worlds, but then also to see that I think trickle out into other places around the country as their people are starting to get the hang of how to bring more and more people into this space and in, 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 in an inclusive way. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what it means to me. And that's what I'm, I'm very excited to keep driving forward as best I can from, from my my own self to be a small part of that giant family uh, that is the gravel cycling world. That's awesome. Such a good heart. I am so thankful for you, man. Um, And I'm really excited to spend a little bit more time on Island with you very, very soon. Um, Again, as am I Jason. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you want to support what we're doing with uh, discover Amua, go um, click the links in the description here, or you can go to discoveramua.com. That's I-M-U-A. And Amua means to move forward in Hawaiian. Oh, so I love it's, that. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, go to discoveramua.com. 
uh, or Google Pedal Amua. If you're going to be on Maui on December 2nd or around that time and want to extend your stay, uh, you can rent a bike on Maui or you can fly with your bike. Uh, it would be an awesome adventure and all that money goes to kids in crisis in Maui, which is desperately needed right now. So thank you all so much for this little Maui uh, adventure that we went on. Uh, it's really precious uh, place for Annie and I. And so I appreciate to our audience letting us get to talk about it a little bit. It's a little bit of a tangent, uh, not with Connor, because he's very much in the gravel scene. But uh, we really appreciate you all taking the time to listen to all this. So thank you. I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. I'm Connor. And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. We will see you next time. Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com. 